thank you for joining me today on the Speak, Inspire, Love, and Leadership podcast, where we take on hard conversations in leadership. The goal of this podcast is to repair broken relationships between managers and subordinates. The intention is to take a closer look at what can destroy workplace relationships. We believe that civility should be at the forefront of every relationship. Respect is key in building relationships in the workplace. Today, we have Lisa Chapin, a licensed addiction counselor specializing in trauma and substance abuse. Lisa is going to help us understand how easy it is to get stuck in traumatic situations and she's going to give us some pointers on how to move past negativity when we experience distress in the workplace. Lisa is a system director for Common Spirit Health, the largest faith-based nonprofit organization in the United States. Lisa leads the system-wide employee experience program utilizing metrics and analytics to help drive employee engagement strategy and results for all Common Spirit Health. Lisa's extensive experience in education and organizational change management enables her to effectively design, deliver, and implement organizational initiatives by focusing on the human side of change. Lisa has a diverse professional background with five years of military experience in naval cryptology. Lisa's time in the Navy provided her the opportunity to spend over 10 years with the leading telecommunications company where her technical expertise, process improvement, and project management skills were utilized to drive results and improve performance. Lisa holds a license in addiction and professional counseling for the state of Colorado, where she owns and operates a mental health practice specializing in trauma and substance abuse. Lisa is also a certified management professional, a certified change management professional, a national certified counselor, and holds a black belt in Lean Sigma Six. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. I mean, I guess we should tell everybody we are our best friends. <laughs> Secret <Yeah>. is out. <laughs> I've been knowing Lisa for many years. You know, we met during our time in the Navy and it was just an instant connection. And, you know, she has been that sounding board for me, been that one just to kind of keep me on track. And I mean, it's been amazing. And the reason why I invited Lisa on today, because, oh, she really helped me through a dark time in my life. I mean, many dark times, right? Pick one. <laughs> so in this particular situation, when I was overseas serving, I had a really bad experience with leadership. And Lisa, I mean, she was there for me and, you know, she didn't change her phone number. You know, she still answered my texts and answered my calls. So that was a good thing. But what we're going to be talking about today is how Lisa helped me get past that emotional trauma. And one thing that I, I really surprised me going through this situation is I always considered myself a strong-minded person, a very, very tough-willed person. I never thought that a person such as myself would ever get into a situation where I was trapped. I mean, it's almost like I became my own victim in this situation. I wanted everybody to hear about my trauma. I wanted everybody to, I mean, it's just like I was just bleeding everyone's ears. And Lisa, with her background and extensive experience in counseling, she was able to help me through this. And the best part, it, it was all free. <laughs> so, Lisa, can you give our listeners just a little bit of background, a little bit of history about what what drove you to go into this field? Because you're when we met, we were in IT. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of um 
a big transition from IT to counseling. Just tell everybody, you know, what convinced you or what drove you to that. Thank you so much for having me. My journey to mental health really was, and I'll tell anybody this, it was a God thing. I, I think I knew from a very young age that I, this was the path for me. I will disclose that my father was a businessman and he, you know, when I told him, so we came from a German Lutheran Midwest family where we don't talk about our feelings. Right. And so when I told him that I was looking to get an undergraduate in psychology, I think he pretty much literally looked at me and said, you'd better have a backup plan. And, <laughs> and I did. So I, I always was, was pursuing it, but I just had a lot of twists and turns that took me into some of the areas that you had talked about in my, in my bio. You know, I went into cryptology in the Navy because that's where the ASVAB had shown some strengths and and then the project management and and change management areas. But the passion was always in mental health. And so I was always kind of this anomaly working in a technical or operational field, but really wanting to be working with people in a clinical setting. And so I finally pursued it and finished it, finished my master's in counseling psychology. And then about six years ago, opened up my private practice and have been working in that field along with corporate America as well. So I've been able to to do both, which I think is a true blessing. Mm, Okay, interesting. And I know it has been very rewarding for you. I'm, I'm sure you've, you know, over the years, you have made a great impact. And I guess one of the things I can ask you in front of all of these people I mean, what are some of the signs of emotional trauma? But I guess what I'll do first, um, I'm curious to know at what point, you know, during our discussions about everything that I've went through and, you know, what I experienced in my last position was not the first time that, you know, we've had a discussion about some of the things that I've went through as far as, you know, workplace issues. And so at what point did you say like, wow, it's really hard for her to get over this? She's stuck. I mean, what were some of the signs, you know, did I just, I mean, was there a sound in my voice? I mean, a a change in my behavior? When did you know that I was in trouble emotionally? Well, I, I think I knew you and that was, that was to our benefit is I, I knew who you were as an individual And it was almost like you were on repeat, right? And the last thing that you want to say to somebody who's on repeat is just get over it. It's kind of, it's similar to saying to somebody who's upset, calm down, right? Because all it does is really expedite the, or intensify the emotion that they're having. So a little bit about trauma, and I'll just kind of start with kind of normalizing this because in our field, we talk about big T and little t, big trauma, little trauma, and it, and it's not to minimize either one of them, but I think we often think of trauma as catastrophic events or abuse or neglect, things like that, that, that we know and commonly associate with trauma, and that would be what we would call big T trauma. Little t trauma is the things that stick with us and that really impact us. And that can be a bad manager, a bad leader. It can be a teacher that that says something to us very early on. It leaves an impression on us and 
kind of emotionally harms us or damages us. It leaves like a bruise. And unless we can kind of work through that, that will stay with us. And so when we're in some kind of an event or an extremely frightening or disturbing situation, our body naturally is going to go into the fight, flight, or freeze. And the fight can be, it's not necessarily putting up your fists and fighting. It can be just more assertive, leaning in, aggressive, kind of standing up for yourself. That's kind of that fight response that, that our body naturally has. And then we have the, the flee. So, and that's where we get out of the situation. So we may leave the situation, maybe run, run away, we may quit the job, we may end the marriage, we may end the whatever it is, we, we just remove ourselves from that situation. The freeze is really interesting because I think that's most often the time when we get stuck. And the freeze, if we think about it from an animal perspective, if you think about an antelope being chased by a lion, you'll see them on these shows where they'll be running and running and running, and then they'll just kind of fall down and just kind of lay there. And oftentimes the lion will think that they have actually killed the antelope and they'll go and they'll get their cubs and they'll come back. And what will happen is that antelope will kind of pick itself up, shake itself off and then move along. And we see that with a cat and mouse, right? A a mouse kind of playing dead. For humans, it's a little bit different. It's kind of a freeze situation where we just kind of shut down and we go inward. And we're not quite sure what we can do because sometimes we can't fight. You know, we don't feel safe for whatever reason. We don't feel safe to be able to stand up for ourselves, to advocate for ourselves, or we don't feel like it's within our social aptitude to do that. We're particularly women, we're often told to be nice, be accommodating. And so it's sometimes hard for us as women or others to just kind of advocate so they don't feel safe doing some of those things. And sometimes if we have, we're in a situation like a job or like you were overseas, you couldn't just pick up and leave. Right. And so I think the situation that you found yourself was very similar to that freeze where you were kind of mentally and physically stuck because you didn't know how to get out of it. Any opportunity that you had to try advocate for yourself, it just continued to kind of be exacerbated and you couldn't leave. You, you had a commitment to make. And so right. freezing of the emotion happened and that's where it just kind of went internal and you just didn't know where to go. So that's where the repeat cycle came on. Right. And also, I do believe that once a person goes through trauma, then they just, I think, naturally pick up other bad behaviors because, wow, um, you know, one thing I, I can reveal, you know, different things like, you know, like I've always struggled with my weight. And that was one of the big things for me. And when I noticed that, hey, you know, all this depression and all these, you know, this just down feelings came about, I stopped exercising. And I started to eat more, you know, go back into those bad behaviors. I mean, so can you just give us a couple of tips like for somebody who I'm sure there's a lot of people that experience what I did, but 
what are some tips or some things we can do to prevent ourselves from going down that that slippery slope, you know, going into those old bad behaviors or picking up new bad behaviors? I mean, what can we do to prevent that? Yeah, it's a great question. So when we often have events and, and, and we call those kind of like stressors. So maybe paying my taxes is a stressor or doing a major presentation or a big project is a stressor. And then we have a stress response to that stressor. And the stressor sometimes goes away or it's, it's long-term, but, and, and that's kind of external to us, whatever that event or situation is. The stress response is what we hold in our body, and that's physiological. That's all the endorphins and adrenalines that help us get through that stressor. And and stress in itself isn't necessarily always bad, right? Stress is what pushes us to change, to grow, to take that test, to take that PMP exam, to take that, you know, go through that college education. But it's how we have that stress response. And if we allow that stress response to pass through our body, because believe it or not, an emotion has a beginning, middle, and end. Mm. And the beginning is obviously kind of like when the, the, the situation is coming into our life. So I'll just give an example. I was giving a big presentation at work one time, and it was kind of a big deal. Like, Everybody, they were not only hundreds of people in the room, but they were broadcasting it across our very, very large organization. So the stress was high, right? And so I had some anticipatory stress that was happening. And, you know, I was thinking about it and preparing for it. And then I was kind of in it and giving the presentation and really trying to stay in the moment. And then it ended. And so the stressor went away, right? Because the stressor was that presentation. Afterwards, I got out to my vehicle and I was just physically exhausted, right? It was just, and so that, but that stressor was still in my body. And so when we have that, oftentimes what happens is we go on to the next thing. So we go from one presentation to we go home and we cook dinner or we go to, sitting in traffic or we go to something and we never allow that that stress response to kind of work through our body. So ways that we can do that, and I know that this is not going to be a surprise to you coming from me, but one of the best ways to kind of work through that stress response is exercise. And because it's physically working out that stress Mm, from your right. Body, right. You're moving. And I don't mean an intense run or it can be dancing. It can be walking. It can be riding a bike. It can, you know, it could just be yoga, whatever it is, but just kind of moving the body and allowing that emotion to kind of exit through mm-hmm. our body because we do hold because feelings are physiological. We hold those chemicals in our body and we have to figure out ways to release them. So exercise is a great way of doing that. Um, Believe it or not, laughter, like real laughter, like belly gut laughter, like whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, like whatever it is you find really funny, just watch (laughs) it. 
spending time with people that you truly love, you know, and care about you and make you feel safe. People where you can just kind of put your feet up and say whatever and and you feel connected and and supported and loved. Mm. Even or not a hug. A hug can have almost the same physiological benefits as a brisk walk. Wow. A second hug. Mm. And I don't 20 seconds. Yeah, 20 I mean give or take. I mean but it's it's that hug where you feel like somebody's really, really caring about you and connecting with you. Wow, that's that's really good information, you know, and you've had these conversations, you know, with me before. But let's kind of go towards your let, let, let's talk about, you know, your private practice that you run. I guess, you know, what do you, okay, you work with a client for several months and several years. I mean, is it difficult for you? as the administrator and the presenter of the, you know, the information and all the resources, is it difficult for you to see when people like relapse? I mean, you know, you're, you're doing good, you know, you guys are moving on, you're getting past that. And then a relapse. I mean, how does that impact you? I mean, what do you think about that? It's tough, right? Because I have my, my human being hat and then I have my clinician hat that I wear. When I have a client that relapse, it, it always hurts me too, right? Because I know that that person is hurting and I know that chances are all of the the tapes or the narratives that are going through their mind about being a failure or I did it again or I can't do this. I know kind of what they're going through and I know how that hurts them and that hurts me. As a Mm. clinician with my clinician hat, I know that it's part of the process and it's hard to help them understand that progress isn't always a straight line. It's sometimes very zigzagged, Mm. but it's in those zigs and zags that we sometimes learn the most that help us make that progress. Wow, I like that zigzags in progress because it's like up and down, you're going back and forth, back and forth. But eventually the goal is to get there, right? get there to that breaking point, right? But we're not on the same path. You know, those zigs and zags are the things that make us who we are. And depending on whatever your existential belief system is, for me, it's Christianity. And I feel like God has a plan for me. And so those digs and those eggs are the things that I'm supposed to learn. I Mm. think I know where I'm going, but I got to trust that the plan is kind of already laid out for me and I just got to follow it. Right. Providence. (laughs) And, you know, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I am a person of faith and I tell people all the time, you know, that experience was only something to make me better, right? Before I went over to Korea, I just said, God, you know, make me a better manager, make me a better leader. But he didn't say, well, Jeanette, you tell me, how am I supposed to make that happen? All I had to do was trust, you know, everybody that crossed my path, you know, who I interacted with, whatever the situation was or whatever the relationship turned out to be, they were put there in order for God to make me who I am today. So now that I'm not in that environment, I'm not in that space, I think I have the mental clarity to look back and be like, okay, that was part of God's plan. But I I never asked you this question. I, I don't think I, no, I never asked you this. Okay, now, six months back, everything's normal somewhat. 
what are you seeing? Do you think that I have progressed? I mean, do you think that I'm that I am at my breaking point? When you say breaking points, say more. Okay, breaking point. I, I guess what what I mean. Do you think I have recovered from my trauma? I mean, have I gotten past that? I mean, we chat a lot. And do you, I mean, can you tell, I mean, is there any signs that you can tell that uh, I'm there, I'm getting there, or, I mean, or, I mean, what's your observation of my emotional, of, of the, I guess, of the experience of my emotional trauma? What's your observation after six months of me returning from that space? Well, I think what I've seen, and I think this is part of the healing process, is, you know, we find meaning in it, in whatever it is that's, that's happened to us. And it's kind of like the old saying, making lemonade out of lemons, <laughs> right? And you had a situation where you, when six months ago, or maybe even nine months ago, there was this kind of like helplessness. I, I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. And somewhere along the way, you turned the corner and you said, you know what, I can do something about this. And that is where your whole mind kind of shifts. It's, I don't know if you've ever read that book, Who Moved My Cheese, right? Yes, great book. Mice going through the maze. And it's almost like you found that open door that said, oh, there are more options out here. And there are more ways of looking at this. And I'm not a victim here. I'm actually a survivor and I have been able to see how this will help me as a human being, as a leader, to help myself and to help others as a a result. Hmm. Okay. Very, very interesting. But I have this. Let me put a spin on that, right? What if I, okay, my position going there, I knew it was only going to be a temporary position. Now that I've returned, what about those people? And not necessarily there, but in any space where they feel that emotional trauma is kind of, you know, taking over. What about those people who can't quit their jobs, you know, who can't transfer, who have to stay in that space? I mean, what advice would you give them? Well, it's similar to the freeze scenario that we had talked about, right? Because we we sometimes find ourselves kind of stuck in a traumatic situation for whatever reason, whether we can't leave physically, mentally, or whatever. And that's where I think the stressor, the the situation that we find ourselves in, we can't change that. And I often say that any problem that we have, we have four options. We can either change the situation, we can tolerate the situation, we can change the way we think about the situation, or we can do nothing. Hmm. And doing nothing obviously brings us a lot of suffering. Tolerating can be, can be a short-term solution, right? So the, the way I like to think about tolerating is if you've ever gone hiking and you've had a little tiny pebble in your shoe, you can tolerate that little pebble for a while. But a couple miles in, you're going to say, hold on, I've got to get this little pebble out of my shoe because it's it's too much. It's driving me crazy, right? <laughs> so tolerating are things that we do to kind of self-soothe, work through that stress cycle on a daily basis when we leave the stressor to kind of shake it off, move it out of 
of our way and then have to come back and kind of take it on. Mm. That's the most kind of effective way is to change the way we think about it. And that's exactly what you did. When you found that door or that other opening in the maze, you had stopped and said, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm done tolerating this. Doing nothing is not an option. I can't really change my situation because I'm here, but I'm going to change the way I think about it. Hmm, okay. Well, for me, my change, my door was Korean Airlines. <laughs> but, you know, now in this environment, you know, I'm in the workforce still and I deal with different personalities and on a daily basis. But, you know, every time I come up against, you know, because a, a friend of mine said, hey, maybe you might be just looking for victims. And I'm like, looking for victims, <laughs> but they've probably never been in that environment. And, you know, I admit I am a very emotional person. You know, I'm, I'm sensitive and all those factors come into play. But now the way I look at things, I believe it's all about perspective, the way you a- approach a situation. And I always have that reference guide that 10,000 page reference guide that I gained while I was overseas. And it's easy for all that stuff to just, you know, come back to your mind and you look at it, hey, this is not the same space. This is not the same environment. And to be honest, I have actually caught myself like, okay, Jeanette, deal with it differently. Because, you know, in my environment, you know, that I work in on a daily basis, working with so many people, it's personalities, just, just different. Nobody is the same. But I find myself sometimes up, Okay, you've dealt with this before. Let's approach it differently because I do think a lot of times, what if I would have looked at that situation differently while I was in it? You know, now that I'm not in that space, I'm seeing everything different, but shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, is not really relevant in in, in this environment because I'm not there anymore and I don't want to bring what was there here. I just want to bring the lessons, you know, that I've learned. And it just basically helps me look at things in like a, a, a different light. And I appreciate you for working with me and, and helping me. I mean, you know, you really will probably never understand the impact of our conversations because the most difficult thing was being in a remote space, not having immediate access to family, immediate access to friends, counseling, or anything that could help me get over that space, you know, but we made it work, right? We made it work. So I do appreciate you taking the time to give me all that advice and just basically work with me. And I'm sure it was a challenge for you because I was stuck. Every conversation was always, do you know what this, you know, what happened today or da, 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 da. I mean, I was like, man, I am really draining her, but that's what friends are for. Do you know what happened? (laughs) And, you know, I, I do appreciate you for that, but Let me ask you this. Have you ever found yourself in that particular situation? I mean, you are a professional counselor, so you have all this experience and, you know, you make a good living teaching people, you know, telling them and training them how to get over this situation. But have you ever found yourself stuck? And if you did, what did you do to get out of it? Oh, gosh, yes. I think that there's this idea that because we have this training that therapists or, you know, that we're, we've got it all figured out and we're perfect. But the thing is, is we can conceptually know all of this kind of from a high level, but when you're in it, it's so hard sometimes to be able to see the forest from the trees. 
And that's why that's the, the, the destigmatization of counseling, right? Or therapy in itself is because it is, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that you're broken to go to a counselor or to a therapist. It just means you're in it and you need to be able to figure out how to kind of pull yourself above it and see it from a different perspective. Right. right? Perspective. So, yeah, absolutely. And in our profession, even before we could get our license and get our degree, we had to go through counseling ourselves. So I've had a lot of counseling as a part of my training. So I understand what it feels like to be on the other side, sitting on the couch. Um, And also we have to work through our stuff, right? Because the last thing that we want to do is have transference where we're transferring our stuff onto the client. We want to try to be as, as healthy as possible and have good coping strategies and well-being in our own lives. Right. I mean, you do have a lot of patience, you know, because you dealt with me during my four year. <laughs> so you are you're strong. You are. <laughs> well, I think we'll probably wrap it up. I mean, this was a great conversation. You know, I, I think it's just, you know, anytime. I mean, uh, you know, I always say to myself, I'll take a punch any day. I'll recover from it. But when your your mental space is is invaded, I mean, you can't run away from that. That's one of the things that you have to to deal with. You can't run away from that. So Lisa, as we wrap it up, you want to just tell our listeners, like if we wanted to like book a counseling session, you know, how will we get in touch with you during this COVID time? Are you doing like virtual sessions? Just put your contact information out there. Cause I mean, I know a lot of people can benefit from your expertise and wisdom. Well, thank you. They can contact me at my website, chapincounselingservices.com. You can also email me at chapincounselingservices at gmail.com or you can call me directly at 720-862-4224. Great. I mean, that, that's that's just, uh, wow. I mean, this like, I, I, I just can't thank you enough. And I know our listeners um, are really going to enjoy this segment. I mean, this is a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. Like you mentioned, you know, counseling is not something that says you're a bad person. It's just basically saying that you're in a space that you just kind of need a little bit of help getting through. So thank you so much, Lisa, for joining the call today. And, you know, like I mentioned, you know, you you just, you saved my sanity. (laughs) So listeners, that's all we have today. You know, Lisa, I'm sure you enjoyed her, her conversation and, you know, we will see you next week on the Speak, Inspire and Love podcast. Mm -hmm.